0: Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you from the Temporary Drink Gossip Studios in Detroit, and we have a very special last segment for you today. I'm I'm kind of playing around with the formula a little bit, and we're doing a throwback um, segment. Uh, it's gossip that actually really resonates today, um, but kind of looking at... taking a more... historical, for lack of a better way of saying this... look at it. Um... That being said... I want to talk about what happened on Good Day New York... on Tuesday. Our favorite broke actress, Tori Spelling... um... Was on with Ginny Garth because they're doing all the press together, promoting the new BH90210. Um, Which, if y'all didn't know, which I really didn't, um, Tori and Ginny are actually credited um, with creating the show. So that's kind of cool, actually. Um, And if the show is a big hit, that means. They're going to have um, good money coming in for quite a while. They're they're going to own part of this of this show for a long time to come. Um, however, that being said, uh, this press tour is just not going well for Tori. Um, On Tuesday we talked about how she was really begging to be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um. And how she was never asked. Which, okay. Um. That's not really all that shocking. At least not to me. But she was really surprised, really hurt by that. Um. But Rosanna Scotto was interviewing them, and she asked about Tori's finances, and things just did not go well. And Rosanna's own words, she said, It was definitely awkward, and I didn't mean it to be awkward. They are putting on a show where it's a mockumentary, and it brings up their problems, their real-life problems. And Tori has had, for years now, since her mother cut her out of the will... There's been so many stories about her not having any money. I tried to see if she wanted to dispel any of the rumors, but she got very upset. Um, Tori apparently got so upset. She snapped. Do you want to see how much money I have? Which Rosanna then says, I apologize. The bottom, bottom line was maybe we know too much. We know she re- recently sent a text to someone saying she hadn't money to pay for her kids for food. And, um... um, Lori Stokes, who co-hosts with, with Rosanna, said she told Rosanna it was inappropriate and I'm not going to answer that. And then she, um... Laura continued to say what she thought by coming onto a Fox station, the show's going to air, where, where the show's going to air, that it should be women supporting women. And um, Rosanna turned around and said, When you come on the show, we keep it real. Wendy Williams was here t- talking 20 minutes, dispelling every rumor out there. Troy came in, she had a little bit of an issue, and whatever, it is what it is. We gave her the opportunity to put aside some of that stuff. It's her character on the show this season having money problems. And Laurie went along with what Rosanna said and said, marrying her real life, but she didn't want to go there at all. It changed the entire climate here. It was war. Um, And you know what? Guess what? If you want to be on a reality show, Tori Spelling, you have to put your shit out there. Um, this, being on If you really want to be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it's not going to be, oh, I'm Tori Spelling, I just show up. No. You have to put your issues out there, whether you want to or not. It's not women supporting women. It is what makes for the best television, and this is why you weren't asked, period. Now, maybe it wasn't appropriate for Rosanna and um, Rosanna to ask about the money. But it's, it's already out there and you could have dispelled those rumors. I'm just saying. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, last night saw the premiere of BH. 90210. And the cast was out promoting the show like crazy. And you know, it's just one of those things where there's always going to be a lot of press right up front uh, and a lot of um, promotion. And then it'll die off. Especially since and I didn't realize this. I thought it was actually coming back as a regular show. Um, but it's being billed as a limited series. Um, and I have two thoughts on that. First, before we get into the real reason why we're talking about bhn 20 so soon after talking about Tori spelling. <laughs> um, but the first reason I think that they, they're they going with a limited series um, is to test the ratings. Obviously, reboots either work really, really well... Or they don't work at all. Um, I don't remember what the... What the item was called. Um, But I know Dean McDermott... Is really upset because... He expected when there was a 9 reboot... That it was going to get a traditional 22-episode order. Or at least 13 episodes. And he was really upset that... It only got a six-episode order If We talked about it on the show um, a couple months back. Um, the item was on Blind Gossip, I believe. Um, so he thought that Tori should have held out for more, whatever. But here's the thing. Uh, they were never going to get the same salaries that they were making before. That was not an option. Um, the... The industry has changed the way people watch tv has changed and honestly there was a very good chance that it was going to end up on a st- uh, streaming service like hulu or um netflix or more than likely uh, cbs all access Uh and by the way i um i'm going to say this now but i'll go more in depth look for a melrose place reboot on cbs all access soon um Maybe today will be a longer episode, and I'll explain why in a, in a little bit. But for right now, um, I'm going to finish up my thoughts about this, and then we're going to get into the real reason why we're talking about it again. Um, the other reason, I think, is because I truly, truly believe that they, that Fox and um, Jenny uh, Garth and Tori Spelling and all of them believe that they can win an Emmy for a limited series. Now they'll be going up against the likes of American Horror Story and um other other limited or mini series like that. But more power to them for thinking that they can do this. Um, and. So, moving on, Shannon Doherty actually did not think she was going to be doing the um, reboot. Um, any lawyer over at Crazy Days and Nights had a whole um, story arc of blind items about how Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling were purposely not even asking Shannon to, to be a part of it. And that Shannon really wasn't interested in doing it anyway, so their little mean girl uh, tricks weren't working. Um, and then in March, when Luke Perry died, that's when Shannon started having a change of heart. Let me, le- let, me let her tell the story in her own words. Um, she told the uh, Television Critics Association, I definitely wasn't going to do it. I knew that the show would would get sold and do well with or without me. They didn't need me. So it just wasn't, at that moment, what I wanted to be doing. But when Luke passed away, things drastically changed for me. And I felt like it was a great opportunity to honor him. And she goes on to say that she's really glad I made that decision. Because now I get to sit up here with a lot of people that I respect and love... We went on this amazing journey together where we also got to really sort of heal through losing somebody who means a lot to all of us. And here's the thing. I actually, I do believe her when she says she didn't want to do it. Not a doubt in my mind. Because... Um. She was, she had just done the Heather's reboot. Um. She was just coming out of battling cancer. So, I can't imagine that she was really aching for work at that point. However, and again, this is according to Inti Lawyer in his kind of story arc of blind items about the um, About everything. Nobody was actually interested in buying the show, at least as the show was being sold without Shannon. Despite her reputation as being difficult and a wild child, Shannon is A. incredibly popular, B. easily the best actress of the bunch. And C. There's no point in getting the gang back together without Shannon. The original show was built around her and Jason Priestley's Brandon. So, um, there's no way, not, I shouldn't say no way. Uh, but it was going to be much more difficult for the show to get picked up and it was going to be much more difficult for the show to um, do well without her so that's why they had to bend over backwards to get her will she be in in season 2 we don't know We don't even know if there will be a season two yet. Um, I will bring the ratings as soon as I get them. But for right now, I'm going to go and take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And for Game of Thrones fans, um, this segment is kind of for you, I guess. Um, uh, Game of Thrones creators... David Benoff and D.B. Weiss have signed a reported nine-figure deal to create properties for Netflix. Um, And I'm just going to go ahead and get Will's statement out of the way right now, because I did ask him. Um, He's the resident Game of Thrones expert, as you all know. So I asked him... What he thought about this and he said that it was a waste of money for Netflix and he feels sorry for people's property, IP, um, intellectual properties that are about to be destroyed because of the duo. As you can tell, Will is not a fan of uh, of these guys. Um, he's always had choice words for them. Mostly because he just doesn't think that they did a good job um, with Game of Thrones. Um, But, that being said, it did become a billion dollar property for HBO, a cornerstone of um, uh, Warner Media's upcoming streaming service, HBO... Max. Which no one understands why they're calling it that, but um and a lot of people are saying that one of the reasons why Warner Media is going to be able to charge uh fifteen, sixteen dollars per for a month of of the service is because um the The streamer is going to have um, Friends, which is Netflix's number one show all over the world, and Game of Thrones exclusively. So you have two of the biggest shows in history on one streaming platform that's that's definitely going to... That's definitely going to be incentive for people to um, sign up. Now, Benoff and Weiss were being courted by several studios, including um, Warner Brothers, where they had been at an overall deal for about a decade while they worked on Game of Thrones exclusively. Um, Disney was chasing them. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, the duo that Will has dubbed D- D&D, which we're going to carry on on the show, are working on at least one movie of a possible trilogy, a, a, a new possible trilogy of Star Wars movies. Um, And I believe they have something else that they're working on... Uh, Um, anyways, they were being chased by, um, Warner Media slash Warner Brothers, Disney, Comcast, Amazon, and Apple. Um, I'm actually really surprised Apple didn't win this. Because Apple, Apple's, um, Apple TV Plus is coming and they really need a water cooler show to launch. Um, and if nothing else. You know, I'm not going to talk about quality other than what Will says, because I don't know, I've never watched their work. But, the one thing we can all agree on is, they took Game of Thrones and made it into a global blockbuster. Um, and again, the the show is worth billions and billions of dollars, at least one billion dollars now. Um. I think it's only the third show ever to reach that, um, the first, um, I, I believe the first show to reach that was The Simpsons, um, and then that's I believe Friends is worth about a billion dollars, but I could be wrong, and then of course Game of Thrones, um, most of these are modern-ish shows, So, there's something to that, too. Um, So, I'm I'm surprised Apple didn't go and reach further. Um, They they do have a slew of A-list names. Jordan Peele, Steven Spielberg, um, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston are all working on shows for them. So, it's not like they're not willing to spend money. But it's possible that maybe they just don't want to spend nine figures, which Netflix is more than willing to do because Netflix is willing to spend the cash to get what they want. Um, that's how they secured Ryan Murphy, Shonda Rhimes. Um, Kenya Barris, who we talked about, he had an overall deal at ABC, left and broke the contract to go over to Netflix. Um... Because there was a wave of bad blood coming from Disney, so now we'll see what d & d creates for them, and uh, what actually happens, and how many more of our shows, our favorite shows get canceled because they're spending way too much money on these people. <laughs> but for right now I'm gonna take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. and twice within this week there have been stories that have inspired um, plot lines for me. Um, the reason why I'm saying plot lines and not giving a definitive, like, novel or um, novella or short story is because I, these um, they're not quite fleshed out yet. Um, one it, One is actually being written right now, and the other is in the planning stages. But twice in the past week, there have been headlines that have inspired me to write stories about them. Um, The first, I didn't cover because, honestly, frankly, um, I wasn't really sure how to. um, Because it's just so ridiculous and out there that uh, well, I know it's true. It just, it just seems so stupid. Um, but for those of for those of you wondering, um, there have been reports that Jason Stratham and Dwayne Johnson both had it written into their contracts that they could not lose a fight, and as their characters do fight one another, that made it a little bit difficult um, as you can imagine. Um, so that inspired a parody slash um, a satire of action movies. I'm not gonna share the plot line, but suffice it to say. There's going to be a lot of um, poking fun at certain tropes, at certain stars. Um, Just, honestly, just for the hell of it, because I can. Um, Right now, that one is, I'm in the midst of writing that one. And... I, when I first started writing it, I had envisioned it as a script. Um, and this was just supposed to be my treatment. And then as I started writing it, I thought, well, you know, there's going to be... Huh, there's got to be something that I'm going to need or, you know, I'm, I'm going to need some sort of guideline. So I'm just writing until, um, until I hit the end. Maybe I'll publish it as a novel or as part of a short story collection or, you know, maybe it'll just be for me. Maybe I'll share it on on one of the platforms I write for and try to earn a little bit of money off of it. I don't know, really. <laughs> and when I say that, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being, like, funny about it. I just seriously don't know at this point. I just kind of... I'm I'm taking it um day by day with this. Normally I have a business plan in mind. Um but this time I don't. Um the other the other story that really caught my mind was the Brazilian um the Brazilian gangster who dressed up like his daughter to try to escape prison. And, you know, again, this was, this was just so out there. I actually did write it. um, I did write an article about it. It's on vocal called How Not to Escape Prison. Um, So if you want to read it, head on over there. I just completely make fun of it. And I, I really want to make a raunchy comedy out of it. Again, it could, it could end up being a script. Um, but I'm just going to write it, and I might actually take the the title of the article, um, and use it as the title of the story. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't gotten that far. I just started flushing out, uh, flushing out the story a little bit. Um, But what I'm really loving about this is, you know, for the longest time I thought Rip From The Headline Stories had to be um, cratered around, or centered around, um, like, mysteries. (laughs) Because um, Dick Wolf shows, especially Law & Order, are always doing these special rip-from-the-headline episodes. Um, And I thought, you know, hey, that's kind of intriguing. That's kind of fun. And, And, you know, it probably is really fun to do a Rip from the Headlines mystery. Um, and trust me, I'm, I'm working on an idea right now um, that's going to sort of combine an Agatha Christie story um, with a Rip from the Headlines story. I'm just kind of... I, I haven't quite married the two concepts together yet in the way that I want to. Um, but... You know, when you when you work from a place of uh, you know a real life incident, you can you can definitely go a little bit further with it, and you can definitely um, say okay. You know this is th- this is what's happened, or you know this is what should have happened or this is what would make sense. It's kind of like historical fiction in a way. Um, where you can take an event and create the circumstances around it. Um, we talked about how I wanted to do something with the Beverly Kinsey story, McKinsey story. Um, how she quit Guiding Light because no one read her contract. Um, or how there's the celebrity conspiracy that James Dean faked his death. You know, how did that come to be? Like, who was involved in the the planning of this? And, you know, how were relationships altered by it? Um... And, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone truly believes that um, James Dean faked his death. Or, I shouldn't say nobody. I'm sure there are people who actually do believe this. I'm sure there are people who believe that Avril Lavigne um, is not Avril Levine. That she's some friend who just happens to look like Avril Levine and... Um, you know. Um You know what I mean. Like you know, the the friend took over her life. Which is a very soap opera e-plot, which I think would be fun to tackle. Um and I'm going to at some point. Again, it's honestly just more about um me having time to do all of this. Um But getting back just to the the rip-from-the-headline stuff, um, you know, there are so many headlines. We're inundated now, more than ever, with media. Um, There are literally millions and millions and millions of... There are millions and millions and millions of um, people out there who. Um, uh, I'm trying to. Th- who are are feeding us stories and whatnot, and yes, I mean, there are some fake. No Fake news sites out there. But. There are also a lot of real. Um, sites out there. You know I. I have a subscription to Apple News Plus. Which again they're not paying me. To shout them out. So I'm mad at Apple. Because they can certainly afford to send me a couple thousand dollars. Just saying Apple. You're really dropping the ball here. <laughs> But anyways, I really do have a subscription to Apple News Plus, and I love it, because I was literally spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, um, well, my, my magazine budget was $120 a month, um, and then with Apple News Plus, almost every single magazine I read is on there, so what i what I do um unfortunately the the one bad thing is is you can't save the articles, <clears throat> like you can't clip them or anything, but w- what I do is if there's something that grabs my attention i like I'll grab it i'll and I'll um, write down the title on my phone that way when I'm going back and doing my research. I can just Google the the title of the article along with the magazine. And most of them come up because everything's online now. That's why, you know, that's why Writer's Pay is going down. But we'll talk about that later. Right now, um, fellow writers, tell me what you think about the headline stories. Readers, do you like reading those? Um, you know how to get a hold of me. Anchor Voices, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram at Author Ed Anderson, Twitter at Author Ed A, or if you want to email me, ed at Author ed And for right now, though, I'm taking a break and I'm coming right back to you. And I'm back. And as I promised, earlier this week we, um, we were talking about Afton Williamson. And the trouble that she had on uh, The Rookie. With racial discrimination from the hairdresser. And um, sexual harassment from um, Demetrius Gross, who was a recurring guest star. And how Alex, Alex Holly did nothing to stop this. Despite her reporting it to him multiple times. Um, and I, I had mentioned that Nathan Fillion had uh, a, a certain reputation when it comes to female co-stars. So I thought today, since it's Throwback Thursday, we could do a little bit of throwback gossip for our last segment we are going to talk about Nathan Fillion and Stana Caddick. So, the two co-starred on Castle Together. Um, Nathan Fillion was already a very popular thanks to his stint as Joey Buchanan, um, One Life to Live, and starring in the one-and-done Firefly. Firefly was is very beloved by um, sci-fi people. So... Uh, I don't, I don't want to call them sci-fi geeks, but you know what I, you know, people who love sci-fi generally do love Firefly. Um, and to, uh, to be honest, I think um, I think that Stana I don't know what she was famous for before Castle. Certainly Castle is probably what she's um, most well known for. Uh, so over the years on Castle, um, they they started out fine. They got along, and then they started fighting a little bit. Um, it got to the point where anti lawyer over at Crazy Days and Nights alleged that Nathan called Stana a cunt. Now, depending on the story that you believe. Nathan was either being a bully... Or Stana was being a bitch. And... You know, it's kind of difficult to gauge... Who's right and who's wrong in this instance, because... um, Not many outlets reported this. Um, But... As Castle's popularity soared... So did Nathan Fillion's ego. And the clashes became more brutal. And, you know, some people think, oh, you're just exaggerating this. I'm, I'm not. At least I'm not intentionally exaggerating. Um, the more popular Castle got, the more items were out there about him being a bully, about him being nasty, especially towards Stana. And... So, as this, as this kind of started getting out of control, um, more and more people started wondering what the future for Castle held. In season, in season seven, when most deals are up, um, they both signed a one-year extension to their deal, albeit it was very reluctant. By this point, even though Castle was a veteran uh, show for ABC and consistently winning its time slot, the rose was off the bloom. Or the bloom was off the rose, however that's said. And um, ratings were down sharply. So Season 8 came around, and people really expected a final season announcement. It never came. Ratings continued to sag. Stana and Nathan shared very, very few scenes together. And when they did, fans a lot of the times would comment about how tense it seemed between them. So as we got closer... This blind item from April, April 2016, came up. It's called Hollow Point Victory. Um, it's from Line Gossip, and it, said, um, it says in part, Alex Holly is the one who kept everything together all these years, even though he knew Nathan Trillian hated Sonicotic. Alex was in charge, and he always did what was right for the show. He knew that putting the lead characters together as a couple worked as a storyline and he kept everybody in line professionally and didn't allow their petty personal bullshit to get in the way as soon as alex left that's when the trouble started nathan felt like this was now his show and he told the producers he wanted to move it in a different direction of course that meant dumping Stana. All that crap they're putting about how it was a budget decision and how much she will be missed, etc. Ha 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 ha. Total bullshit. Nathan hated her. He wanted her out, so she's out. Simple as that. Yeah, he just shot himself in the foot and fucked over the entire cast and crew and probably killed the entire show, but he thinks he's won. This This is just one example. Stana and Nathan have had nothing nice to say about one another. Since she was fired from the show. So, for those of you who don't remember, um, right around the time of this blind, it might have been a couple days, it might have been like a week before the blind, um, uh, ABC Studios and ABC both announced that Stonicotic would not be returning to a a castle for the ninth season. A lot of people expected the reboot, a lot of people expected ABC to renew the show for an abbreviated season nine. They were thinking a 13 episode order was in in store. And um, more than that though, um, if the reboot worked and they could find a lead actress that Nathan liked, um, and the, rebo- the rebooted show shot up in the ratings again, they would have continued the franchise. But, what ended up happening was um, Nathan basically killed the show with his outrageous demand that's not going be written off. And uh, the final the finale of the show showed that Nathan's um, Nathan's castle and Sanna's character, Beckett, ended up living a happy life. But what happened after you know, what could have turned into a very intriguing mystery? You know, maybe they if they had gotten the season order, she would have gone missing. And forced Castle to work on his own until they were reunited in a sweeps episode, which would have probably rallied to the series high ratings. Um, was cut short when Nathan demanded that they fire Stana Kotick. Stana has moved on to an Amazon show, um, which is going into weeks. Its- third season, maybe fourth season. Um, it, it's hugely popular, especially overseas. And she has... Uh, she she refuses to talk about her time on Castle. I've, I've not seen her take any interviews where she was asked about what happened, and that's probably because her people have said, no, don't. Um... Nathan has talked a little bit about it, just saying that it was a wonderful experience and he was so grateful for it. Um, But obviously, Alex and Nathan got along famously because they're now working together on The Rookie, where, again, there's trouble with one of the female leads. And you just have to ask yourself... When will these two be forced to pay for um, what they what they put these poor women through? Um, you know it's it, it's one of those things where. I just have to, um, I I just have to believe that eventually these two will, um, get their comeuppance. Or they'll get their acts together. Um, you know, obviously I don't want people out of work, but there is something to be said for accountability. And I just don't feel like... Nathan or Alex have been held accountable for what they've done. Um, But depending on how you guys like this, we might do more um, throwback Thursday segments about um, gossip that has a strong bearing on the big stories of the day. So let me know what you think. Um, Anchor voice messages, of course, are always open um facebook and instagram at author ed anderson or on facebook you can find us at drunk gossip um it'll still the title will still say generation gossip because facebook is being stupid and won't let me change the name despite me trying um (coughs) at twitter is at author ed a thank you all so much for listening as always and until next time, cheers. And I'm back. And no, you're not dreaming. There are two very special segments today. Um, mostly because I really wanted to talk about... Um, I really wanted to talk about... The reboot of Melrose Place. Now, before anyone says anything, yes, there was already a revival flash continuation slash reboot, whatever you want to call it, um, that didn't do, For that era's reading standards didn't do very well. Um, and by the time they brought in Heather Locklear, I, I think the network had already made the decision not to continue on with the show. Um, that was just before they started bringing on the superheroes and whatnot. And honestly, now, today, they would the CW would kill for the kind of ratings that Melrose Place was bringing in. Um, but again, the, there was a shift in direction at the um, CW at the time. And I think it kind of came down to choosing between keeping Gossip Girl or keeping Melrose Place. And Gossip Girl had... Longevity in in fan love at that point. Uh, I'm I'm also trying to remember. I th- if I'm remembering correctly, Gossip Girl was canceled a season later. Um, but I, I could be wrong about that. I I didn't actually research it. Um, but given the wave of reboots and whatnot. And, uh, I, I I totally expect for there to be an announcement of a Melrose Place reboot. Um, it's not going to be anything like the, um, not the B.H. Now, reboot. Um, but what I'm going to guess here is, um... that, um, this one will not end up on, uh, this Melrose Place, if, if, if I'm correct in that, um, there's one being worked on and or shopped around right now, it's going, it, this one definitely will end up on a streaming service, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably going to be CBS All Access. Why do I think this? um, it's not like CBS All Access needs um, you know a a big show or anything they have Star Trek Discovery they have Star Trek Picard coming um, an animated Star Trek um, The Good Fight and those are all wonderful shows on their own um in using ips that are very very important to to the company, but what all these streamers are really missing is a good soapy water cooler show um think like Jane the Virgin in a way dynasty um Grand Hotel over on ABC. Uh, even BH90210. Um, these are shows that... keep people hooked in coming back. Their linear ratings may not be... great, but they're always bingeable... Um, shows that people do actually love and they keep coming back to and they make a lot of money Uh, and that's what we're going to focus on right now is the making a lot of money so what, what every and I'm not being facetious when I say this What every production company wants... Is... An IP... That like Game of Thrones... Or... Um... The Rookie... Um... Or any number of sitcoms, honestly... That will make them money. Um... So, it used to be, when a show was pitched, you had to make sure that it was, that the premise was going to lend itself to reaching the magic number of 100 episodes. Because that's when it would end up in syndication. And... um you know syndication was always this magic marker for for success. and then the production company started um selling formats and whatnot, which okay, that to be fair, selling the formats and everything has long been um, a goal, but it wasn't as commonplace as it is today. so now. You have all these... You have all these formats being sold. Or the show itself being sold around the world. And the production companies are just breaking in the cash. Um... You know, not only do they... Get the licensing fee, but I believe that they get a per-episode fee. Um... So, uh, just like syndication, where they're just making a ton of money. And around the world, soap operas are still very, very popular. And so you look at this, and you, and you try to figure out, like, how, what, what IP is going to sell. How do, we, um, how do we get the show on air to keep making episodes of this? Now, if you're just selling the format, you don't really need to worry about that. But if you're selling the actual show, obviously you need to keep producing episodes to do that. Look at Dynasty. Dynasty is a huge profit center for um, CBS Studios um, because it sells around the world. So, they can reduce the licensing fee to the CW and still turn a huge profit. And I, honestly, that's what they want. So, how would this, how would, um, How would you build a reboot around Melrose Place this time? Well, and uh, the thing is, is you don't want to retread what you've already done. So, um, you would probably just cut out any (coughs) talk of the inhabitants that happened in the continuation. And you would probably um, at least try to bring back a few fan faves, if not the majority of the game. Um, Melrose Place is different than 90210 because at least most of the original gang of 90210 were around for four seasons. The first 13 episodes of Melrose Place saw a huge purge of the original cast, and then others brought in. And it's based around an apartment building, so that's a lot easier. Um, So what I would do is I would bring, I would um, wait for Heather Locklear to be healthy, bring her back, center everything around Amanda again, I'm sure you can get Laura Leighton, Laura who played Sidney. Uh, Thomas Calabro who played Michael. Josie Pissette, who played Jane. Um, Daphne Zuniga, who played Joe. Um, Grant Show, you might be able to get, um, but he's on Dynasty. So you might only get him for uh, recurring or guest stars then. Um you might be able to get Doug um Doug Savant. You might be able to get Marsha Cross. um Doug Savant, um oh I cannot remember his name. Uh, he played the gay character um, the, and that's really all I remember about him. I don't remember his name right now. And then of course, Marsha Cross played the infamous Kimberly. Um so you can bring them back, maybe you populate it with a few younger stars, turn Melrose Place into condos. <coughs> um and build them up um as being like an exclusive condo, maybe after the explosion, even though they rebuilt the apartments. Something wasn't right and Amanda just had the whole building torn down and rebuilt as condos. Or, um, if you want to try to make it a limited series, the, the gang gets back together one last time to say goodbye to these apartments that meant so much for them. Where so many of their life events um, revolved around. Those are just some of the thoughts that I have. But in any of these scenarios, you definitely need Heather Locklear. Because she became the face of the show, and she was always the star. Um, But in order to get her, of course, you do want her to be healthy. And speaking of being healthy, I'm going to take a break, get some to drink, and I'll be right back.